And away we go, hour three of the morning show on a Friday, and as he does every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, Neil Atkins joins us. Hiya, Neil. I am here with you, David. Are you ready for more rain? Oh, that's what I hear, more and more and more. I just got my boat all bailed out. I well, took the paddle boat out of the water and yeah. started draining that out, and and now we're going to get her all again. We could, yeah. Could see maybe two, maybe more inches yeah. of rain uh, tonight, oh. especially late today into tonight. I'll have to get I my... noticed the uh, street out next to us uh, is more prepared this time around for heavy rain. I see they've got They're sandbagging. Barriers. They're sandbagging. Well, they're, yeah. in addition to the barriers, they're, they're putting sandbagging. up sandbags this morning. So. <laughs> They'll be ready at this uh, I would have uh, probably again. started pouring that concrete <laughs> as soon as I could have. After yeah, I'm the not last... sure why they delayed on that, but uh, ever <clears> since, uh, well, they haven't. it's been ready, it seems like, for quite a while. But yeah. Well, I guess gonna, they're working further up the street, and they're going to probably do it all at once. So. Well, later on, I'm going to have to get my rain gauge already oh, you know, yeah, this yeah, afternoon. Yeah. I'll have to run home and get it all propped. Just see Make how sure much it's you empty. Because yeah. I, uh, I had uh, just under four inches within the you know the wow. two-day period when we right. had all that rain. Yep. And uh, boy, it took forever to... Mine's broke, but I know we have that much, at least uh-huh. in Superior, too, because the sump pump kept running and running. And well, running. I talked to some folks that, that uh, had water in their basement. Oh, uh, yeah. talked to Andy Borg at Grandma's yesterday, and uh-huh. he said the one up by the mall there, they had a little bit of water. I believe uh, it. And they're not like what happened back in uh, when we had the big flood up there right. that... Uh, where I mean, they had four feet of water. Yeah, they in, were doing jet ground. skiing up there in the yeah. parking lot. They had to totally gut out that whole yeah. place up Ooh. there. So, but um, that must be a low spot there because whenever we get heavy is. rains, it pretty much floods in the well, target area. Well, they've got those especially. holding ponds, and yeah. the holding pond becomes a holding lake. <laughs> so it's like days. Right. Uh, I'll tell you, it really, wow. it really does it. So okay, but, uh, well, so well it could big, be interesting anyway. So. Big plans. Uh-oh, there's Bruce Siski yeah, telling us Bruce all about here for sports. sports and everything. And let's see, what does he have today? He's got the brew crew on. Yeah, he's ready for uh, the Brewers. Work? Wore the Packer gear yesterday, but yeah. all this was better luck. How, many, uh, how, many, how much do you have in your wardrobe? Way there? too much. Way too, <laughs> way too much. <laughs> Entirely oh, too much. Well, I think that's good. That's yeah. good. Uh, by the way, in case you're wondering what the weather forecast is this weekend, they're putting sandbags out over here. I saw I that. that. He just told me. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's probably what they should have done before, but uh, well, I, I guess think we didn't fir- have as so much advance notice. I think the first did. time, they just had no idea. Right, like right, I yeah. don't think any of us expected that right. to happen. Oh. I think the second time, they were more prepared, but there was still mm. the, the leakage on the sidewalk right. and all that. that they So they're trying to alleviate that as much <laughs> as they can. Wow. Well, I'll tell you, when I when I first came back out of the military, uh, that was in, the, in like July of 1972. I think it was August. We had this huge rainstorm. It washed out Sixth Avenue East. Yeah, that was September. In fact, September, were, September. Yeah, and, yeah. And it was. I think back to back weekends because I was working yeah. at Wax at the time on sure. Sunday mornings, and it yeah. happened apparently Sunday night or Saturday night uh, into Sunday morning. And I've I, got. Who? So what? What? What year would that have been around? Nineteen seventy-two, seventy-one. Okay, because there was a bad. There was a bad one. Oh my goodness! It would have been probably <laughs> eighty. Five-ish. I have got it somewhere in my basement. I've got scrapbooks from when I was a kid. Mm. So this had to have been around the mid-80s. But what year did Theismann break his leg? (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, that's a good way to... Because the night that Theismann (laughs) broke his leg, I think one of these bad storms rolled through. Because I remember we didn't have power. Mm. And we were listening on this battery-operated radio. We were listening to the football game, and that's when it happened. Ah. I never saw the play where Theismann broke his leg. Oh, Oh, boy. 
um, I just heard I heard it on the radio, yeah. and they were like, they were talking how bad it was, and that yeah, was the had, only reference I ever had to it. We did have a bad one in the. In fact, that's when our basement flooded. I think, if I remember right. Uh, let's see if I yeah, can in the eighties. Uh, yeah. Maybe it was in the early eighties because I had mm. uh, was just into my house out in West Duluth, maybe a, a year or two uh-huh. ended, and the basement flooded. In fact, uh, down below uh, Grand Avenue there. Mm. Off of Fortieth uh, and that, those alleys were way underwater down there. November eighteenth, nineteen eighty-five. Eighty-five. Okay, that sounds about right. Yeah. 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 But I somewhere in my scrapbook, I've got pictures <laughs> of like washed-out roads and oh, uprooted trees and all this stuff from these bad storms yeah. that we got when I was a kid. And I think that was one of them. Sure. Well, I've got pictures of the Nintendo games floating in my basement. <laughs> Well, I'll the tell kids you, had the stuff on the floor from the night before. I also have pictures when the Socrates ran aground. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah. Out here, yeah, right out here. Yeah, yeah. that was eighty-five too, or yep. eighty-four. Right. Maybe that was was that that storm? I, it, same storm. It was. Well, been, it could have been a different wow. one, but it was. Yeah. It was in that same vicinity. I'm pretty yeah, sure that year we had some good ones. Well, that more recent one that we had, where where uh, you know uh, Fond du Lac flooded out, uh, all yeah. the yeah. lakes around here. In fact, there was a forest floating. Up by two harbors in Knife River, all the trees got washed down yep. the knife and all that, and the rivers and these trees, the roots had the bundles of roots and yeah. and uh, uh, dirt in them, so they were upright <laughs> out in the bay. This a, forest was floating out, floating there. island. Yeah. I like that. All right, well, thanks for the sports, Bruce. <laughs> let's uh, let's do sports. Uh, Vikings and Carolina Panthers on Sunday noon kickoff as uh, somebody's always got to go. Both teams are 0-3. It's the something's got to give bowl unless the game ends in a tie. <laughs> yeah. Which are, I'm getting one certain root for ties. Okay. I just want, I want whatever maximizes the chaos. <laughs> right? There you go. Uh, Vi- uh, Vikings trying to get their first win Sunday. And they'll be facing an old friend, Adam Thielen, now with the Carolina mm. Panthers. Which means he'll catch twelve for one hundred and seventy-four, two touchdowns. The Vikings have to outscore that off the top. All right. Nineteenth-ranked uh, UMB football team will take on Winona State. Homecoming is at Milosky tomorrow, eleven thirty for the pregame, noon for the kickoff with Jeff and Greg here on KDAL. Bulldogs at four and zero. Winona State is two and two. And the weather should be fine. And the by weather by then afternoon. should be good. Yep. Yes. Saint Scholastic is at McAllister. One o'clock kickoff tomorrow in Saint Paul. The Gophers host Louisiana Lafayette tomorrow. The Raging Cajuns. <laughs> What All a great right. nickname. I like that. 11 a.m. kick, 9 a.m. coverage on FM 98.1. It's homecoming for the Gophers tomorrow as Minnesota tries to get back over 500, their final non-conference game of the season. Uh, twins take on the Rockies in Denver, 7 o'clock tonight. Tomorrow, 2 o'clock Sunday from Coors Field here on KDAL. Joe Ryan tonight versus Ty Black. Undecideds both ways tomorrow. Bailey Ober versus Undecided on Sunday afternoon. The Brewers will face the Cubs in their final series of the regular season, 7 o'clock tonight, 6 p.m. tomorrow, 2 o'clock Sunday from American Family Field. Colin Ray versus Kyle Hendricks tonight. Undecided versus Jordan Wicks of the Cubs tomorrow. And then Sunday, Adrian Hauser versus Justin Steele. The Cubs throw two of their best pitchers this well, weekend, yeah. desperately trying to get back into a postseason spot. They trail the Marlins by a half a game. Heading into the final weekend of the season, the Marlins are in Pittsburgh. This weekend, well, whoever finishes in that third wild card spot in the National League will be in Milwaukee starting Tuesday. Could be the Cubs again. It could be the Cubs yeah, for we'll a wild card series. The Wild host Chicago tomorrow at 6 on AM 710. Minnesota Wilderness take on the Springfield Junior Blues tonight and tomorrow in Proctor, 715 for the start times. 
High school football tonight. Duluth East at Grand Rapids. North Branch at Denfeld. Superior travels to Eau Claire Memorial. Hermantown's at Rock Ridge. Cloquet at Proctor. Two Harbors at Esco. Cumberland at Northwestern. Northwood Solon Springs at Phillips. Carlton Renshaw at LaPorte. Nevis at Cromwell Wright. Mille Lacs at Southridge. East Central's at Barnum. Hinkley Finlayson at Moose Lake with the River. Mountain Iron Buell at North Central. Misabi East at Greenway Nashwaki Watton. Hibbing at Pequot Lakes. Chisholm's at Deer River. I Falls at Crosby Ironton. Lake of the Woods at Big Fork. Black Duck at Cook County. Northwoods at Cash Lake Bina. Merrill at Hayward. South Shores at Ironwood. Mellon at Washburn. Boy, Friday night football is underway. It's going to be sloppy tonight. It could if be, If you're yeah. playing on grass, uh, <laughs> if you if your kid's playing on grass, you might want to make sure you have a, a good understanding of what all your players look like because you're not going to see numbers by the end of the game. Well, Tony says the biggest storms won't hit until around midnight or after that. We'll get a first yeah. round coming through this evening, but it won't okay. be nearly as bad as the so like good, late night one. Well, hopefully, hopefully everybody gets yeah. their games in uninterrupted with no lightning delays or anything like that. Sounds like a deal. Thank yeah. you, Bruce. Bruce Siski Show after 10. What's going on today, Bruce? We were at NCHC Media Day in St. Paul earlier this month and uh, canned 12 conversations over the course <laughs> of the day. You'll hear two of those today oh. with a couple of the coaches, Denver's David Carl, the defending league champions, and Omaha's Mike Gabinet. All right. Thank you, Bruce. 8.20 in the morning on KDAL. Now, back to the KDAL Morning Show. Washing away our troubles with Three Dog Night. That is Shambhala. And again, Three Dog Night at the deck at the Symphony Hall on the 6th of October. You might want to check them out if you're a Three Dog Night fan. Uh, on the phone, we've got Bob Olin this morning. Bob is talking about the farmer's market that'll be uh, up and running again tomorrow morning. Good morning, Bob. Well, good morning, Dave. You know, it's real interesting. We've had this rain. I think it's kind of classic with some of the weather patterns. Very, very dry and then suddenly this surge of moisture. But what's been good about it for our local farmers and growers is bringing in fall crops mm-hmm. and uh, no frost for the most part. So uh, we're at this uh, sweet spot where we've still got a lot of summer crops there. We've got a lot of tomatoes, a few cukes left, and, and other eggplant and other things. And then we've got the beautiful uh, potatoes and now squash and pumpkins. And one thing about locally produced, you can see the difference. Uh, so much of what's on the street corner it comes in from much farther south, all gets trucked around in a hurry, and uh, what's locally produced is much, much higher quality. So, uh, you know, we really got some good things going, and we've got, uh, we got want to invite everybody out. The Duluth Farmers Market still goes uh, through the month of October, actually, and uh, we would like to see folks. Uh, we've got just a real nice festive environment. We've got uh, apple squeezing, so you can bring some of your apples. Got an apple press coming up uh, this weekend and a lot of sampling of local products. So it's going to be a fun time for everyone. Bring the kids, bring the family. Uh, just join join the uh, greater community and have a good time with us on Saturday. That's from 8 until noon. And then, of course, we're open on Wednesdays from 2 to 5, 14th Avenue East and 3rd Street on the East Hillside there in the original Farmer's Market building built in 1911. So we're part of a big tradition, Dave. Yeah, the shell should be full for sure with uh, folks harvesting their crops now. All kinds of goodies, all kinds of goodies. You can have a lot of apples there, Bob? There will be apples there, yes, indeed. And we've got a a big apple press. 
Uh, I hope I'm not speaking out in the past. If you want to bring your own apples in, they'll press them down for you and give you some juice as a result. So we, oh. we're just about community having a good time. It's been a good apple year, that's for sure. All right, you bet. Very yeah, good. I got tons of them at my house, that's for sure. <laughs> Picked I, them all before the Blue Jays got them all. Yeah, and the, and the deer. Yeah. The deer. Right. All right, hey, Bob, you know, the as always. The, the history on these apples, uh, if I could just comment, because sure. I'm fascinated by this, you know, the uh, apples, we, we don't really have any native apples in Minnesota. And we talked, Dave, about that kudo, the new uh, University of Minnesota introduction. Mm-hmm. Apples were so important to the pioneers because they were a storage of food through the winter and in addition to that they were a source of sugar and we don't think too much about that now but there wasn't the cane sugar there wasn't the beet sugar there was a little bit of honey but other than that not much in the way of sweetness so apples were very important to the pioneers and this really led to the development of the university of minnesota's apple breeding program and we now have got any number of introductions and the good news about the the latest one kudu which is a a cross between Honeycrisp as well as uh, oh, a couple of the other varieties in there. It's going to be what we call open source. So as soon as the production comes up, everybody will be able to buy those. So we're going to follow that one. Yeah. It tastes great. It's nice, bright red. And, and Dave, you may have a canyon tree to your hills and down the line here. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Well, Bob, I'll, I'll tell you, Johnny Appleseed would be proud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, it's kind of amazing. It's a great story, and we do have some wonderful apples as a result of uh, a lot of people's efforts over the years. There so you go. News. Hey, thanks Don't a lot. Don't forget Bob Olin Show every Tuesday here on KDAL, too. 826 now, and we'll be right back. There she was, just walking down the street singing. Do what diddy diddy dum diddy do. Do what diddy diddy dum diddy. They just don't write them like they used to. Uh, the longest serving female U.S. senator has died. Diane Feinstein. Diane Feinstein's political career uh, began, well, I guess was spotlighted in 1978 when she was the first ever woman mayor of San Francisco. She is credited with helping save the city's fabled cable car system. Also named the most effective mayor in the U.S. by City and State Magazine in 1987. Uh, 1992, she became the first female U.S. senator in the state of California and has been mm-hmm. serving ever since. So. 90 years old. She's yeah. been ill this last... Yeah, this is true. And, you know, I, it'll be interesting to see who uh, Governor Newsom appoints. Well, that's right. That's how they he, do it until yeah, the can, election comes yeah, around again. Hopefully, well, maybe he'll do what uh, Wendell Anderson did back in the day, back in the 70s. You know, uh, Humphrey uh, passed away. And uh, Wendell Anderson resigned as governor, and Rudy Perpich became the governor and appointed Wendy as the (laughs) U.S. senator, and he was promptly defeated by, was it uh, Dave Durenberger or Rudy Bartras? I think Durenberger defeated him. That's when the Republicans came in, took the two Senate seats, took the governorship, took the state legislature, and the arrogance was unbelievable back in the day. I was doing an internship in the House of Representatives in 1976, and that's when Wendy was a governor and Rudy was a lieutenant governor, and they had, they had it all. They had the, They talk about a triumvirate this time. Mm-hmm. They had uh, the House of Representatives. They had everything. The there were a hundred and uh, was there one hundred and thirty four? I believe one hundred and thirty four representatives in the Minnesota House. The Republicans had thirty one. <laughs> wow. Mar- Martin Sable, Marty Sable, yeah. was the Speaker of the House at the time, in the Minnesota Legislature. 
And I was working with uh, Jim Uland, who was a state representative and uh, more of a moderate to liberal Republican. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were down there, and the guy that was a minority leader uh, accused Sable, he got up to speak, of ramrodding everything, railroading everything through, and he called an immediate caucus uh-huh. of the Republicans. So they all got up, went out to the... Uh, uh, to a room that had been prearranged. Uh, and I, I was still lingering there for a minute, and Sable uh, hits the gavel, and he asks the clerk if they still had a quorum, and he said, Mr. Speaker, yes, we do. Okay, let's move on. Wow. Doesn't matter anyway. Yeah. They don't care about these 31 guys. <laughs> they went ahead and they passed stuff, and that was it. The Republicans were insignificant at the time. It's not that tight in the state Senate or the House in Minnesota, but still, yeah. back then, they had it. Overwhelmingly. Can I do a Wendy Anderson story? Yeah. Go right ahead. I'm a young... Uh, Rick Jordan, by the way. Yeah, hi. Did did you fish with him? (laughs) Yeah. Oh. Played hockey with him, too. Mm -hmm. So I'm uh, a young uh, news hound uh, going to college down in Mankato. And I'm sitting in my studio in your chair right there. And this guy knocks on the uh, studio door and says, I'm Wendell Anderson. I'm running for... Governor or Senate? Probably governor. And uh, I say, yeah, come on in. We can talk on the air a few minutes. Was this early 70s? This was very, probably spring of 1970. Yeah, that's when he was running for governor. Yep. Yeah. So he sat down and blah, 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 blah. And the uh, <clears throat> Dave Strandberg says, okay, let's go to Rick. He's got a special guest. I was not here then. Well, the <laughs> Boy, I understand. You're twin. You're twin. You're okay. twin. You're evil twin. <laughs> And so I said, hi, this is Rick Jordan, and I'm talking with uh, gubernatorial candidate Wendell Anderson. And he gives me a quick look like, snap the neck. (laughs) Did you say Jordan? You have a brother named Bill? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, he and I used to be roommates in ROTC at the U. Oh, wow. And in basic training. (laughs) Not that I voted for him. Yeah. (laughs) Or didn't, you know. So it was a small world. It certainly is, yeah. You never know who... It, 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 is, it is funny. Cross, yeah. You know how you how you uh, come together. It was kind of funny. I had lunch with some guys yesterday, and uh, uh, one of the uh, retirees he had they'd been just over in Sweden, and they went to visit some relatives and so on, and and they were in uh, Stockholm or somewhere, and they ran into somebody from Two Harbors. At the <laughs> so I mean, you just have yeah. no idea. Unbelievable. What, what you're going to see, you know. Well, right. to make the uh, Wendy Anderson story even stranger. Where we lived, he had been at our house with my brother, ROTC, get-together in my living room, or my dad's living room. Very and cool. behind us was a pond that all the neighbor kids shoveled. And my brother told all his people, bring your skates for going skating. Mm. Oh, Wendy could skate. Uh-huh. Yeah, he was a, he was a good hockey player. Oh, he's, did he play for the U? He played for University of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. He was ROTC, so he... If, even if he was good enough, he couldn't have gone pro. He had his ROTC uh, thing to do. Oh. But uh, hmm. later on, it turned out we played on some amateur team somewhere. Very cool. Uh, well, well, he became go- governor for a couple terms there. and uh... <sighs> Didn't he date Lonnie Anderson? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. Oh. You know, he become famous. He was on Time Magazine. Uh, oh, holding a fishing, fish. Holding a fish. Oh, at Red Wing. On the co- Yes. Yeah. So the, the Minnesota governor and they, the big wow. fishing and all that jazz, and he was uh, 
It's pretty interesting. Do you remember how big the fish was? I, no, I don't. About as big as a pencil. Well, was, he caught something. <laughs> he did, yeah. Was he didn't get skunked. That's all. <laughs> I don't know. Up this way, we don't catch a fish unless it's a walleye <laughs> or a trout. It is. It is funny. We Nowadays, have, they could expand that fish to whatever size they want on the picture. Oh, yeah, right. Edit, with edit, all the in- edit. editing they can do now. Yeah, good point. Well, you know, we were a bunch of us went up uh, to Rainy <coughs> Rainy Lake there for uh, a little fishing gig, and uh, we're out there. And one of the guys comes back. We had a couple of boats, and he came back. He had about an eight nine pound walleye that he picked up, and we all got smaller ones, but we had fun. And then we went over <laughs> to Canada. And went up to, uh, there was a lake we went into. I think it was called Esox Lake. That's and a northern pike, Esox. Esox, yeah. And uh, we didn't fish there. And that one, literally, there was a lot of structure, a lot of cliffs and all that rock. Every cast, we caught a smallmouth bass. Wow. And, and, and those little things, those buggers are fighters. They're and, fun. And we had, we had a blast. You know, threw them all back, kept a few of them. And uh, the uh, Canadian... Uh, Equivalent of the DNR, all these islands, they had little little picnic tables and little, uh, where you could cook stuff up, you could do a shore lunch right there. Mm-hmm. And that's what we ended up doing and had a great time. That's very nice. That's huh? cool. Mm-hmm. I didn't, said, I'd still be a fisherman if I caught that many fish. Well, yeah. See? Problem I didn't is, know. I used to sit and get nothing for a long time, and this is no fun. <laughs> we should have gone to that lake. Yeah. My great uncle and I, when I was a kid, he'd come out, and I didn't have a dad around at the time, so I had a couple... My grandma's brothers would come out and and whip me into shape and take me fishing and <laughs> and uh, uh, do some discipline if I got out of hand for my poor mom. She I'm calling Luther. Oh, oh my boy. God! Yeah. And so anyway, he uh, my uncle, great uncle <laughs> Luther, used to he had been a firefighter back in the day and worked in some foundries in town and worked in the tough dude worked as a lumberjack. He was, they, he was known back in the 1920s, the strongest man in Duluth. Was Luther, Luther Knudsen was his name. Uh-huh. Anyway, he'd come out. We, we had a little rowboat. We'd row out there, and I've got a picture of him and I out rowing out there. Pike Lake. On Pike Lake, and we'd sit there and fish, and he'd bring his beer, and we'd just talk and fish and uh, row around and that sort of thing, catch a few fish, and most of the time we'd just throw them back, and we'd just have fun and a little bonding. So it was a yeah. really a good experience. Always keep Neil out of trouble. Way keep me out of trouble, that's, that's right. right. The biggest walleye I've ever caught was exactly 10 pounds Ooh, in a, Pike Lake. Uh, Pike Lake, yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's a good sign. That's a big walleye. <laughs> yeah, it is. 30 inches and a nightcrawler mm-hmm. right in front of Gino's place. Right, right in front of Gino's yeah. there. Huh? Oh, he was man. on this dock. He had kind of an extended dock, didn't he? Yeah, he had a good, good size stock. Uh, well, I'd need it because he had an airplane, too. Yeah, of course. Oh, and I ran out of gas right in front of the dock, my wife and I. <laughs> and then uh, after I poured some gas into the little three-horse motor, yep. took off, and the line didn't come. And about this time, he's walking on the end of the dock wondering, who's at the end of his dock uh-huh. on his weeds? Uh-huh. And uh, I started reeling, and... 10, 15 minutes later, we landed it, and he actually gave me a... <laughs> wow, cool. Put it back, he said. Put it back. <laughs> Did you put it back? Well, first of all, I ran it down to Fisherman's Corner. Uh-oh. Okay. And Scott Van Valkenburg waited and everything, and then I... Then went, you threw it back. Then I threw it, it back was dead. It, no, <laughs> it swam away and smiled really? at us. Holy cow. Oh, it did? Okay. Still <laughs> in there waiting for you, Neil. I'm sure it's... There's some big ones out there. I have a cousin of mine uh, used to go out, and he would fish, and when he'd cast, you'd hear this splash, and he had a huge sucker. Oh, yeah. That he'd, a big, he was out there looking for the 20, 25-pound northerns, 
And he'd get one once in a while. Yep. He'd, he'd go out at 3, 4 o'clock in the morning and fish. And he was, he fished all over the place. He'd go down the, um, uh, the uh, Mississippi. He'd go fishing for paddlefish. Ooh. And those things and a bunch of other stuff. He's those are weird. Quite, quite the outdoors guy. Yeah. Mm. Lived on the lake, Pike Lake there. How about you? Do you fish much? A little bit. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So, didn't, haven't really gotten out much this year, but uh, sometimes in the winter we do some ice fishing out there. And uh, one, one winter, um, a friend of mine would come out and fish. His nickname was Minnow. And he'd, uh, we'd be all fishing there, and he'd be the one that would be catching the fish. We'd all be side by side in a, in a hole. And he'd be catching the fish. That's why his nickname. Anyway, he came out. He's out there. I think he had his kid wow. with him. And he comes in, and here he had an eight, nine-pound walleye caught right out in front of our house in the winter. Mm-hmm. Hey, if I hadn't let that go. There you go. You'd still have fillets. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we're going to talk fishing on the Frenzy. Yet. Yeah. A little after nine. That'll be coming up after nine, Thanks, after news. But we'll be right back with more of the morning show after a quick break. Leroy Brown in the south side of Chicago, causing all kinds of trouble. Yeah, his, uh, uh, the artist is... Um, Jim Croce. Jim Croce. Mm-hmm. Sad story. He just got all these hits and then right. he was killed in a died. plane crash. Yeah. Yeah. It happens, sadly, too often in the music business. There's a bunch of them in the music yeah. business. The Big Bopper and yeah, uh, Buddy it Holly. and it isn't plane crashes, it's drugs that'll get them. And, yeah. Uh, I got a, quite a few, too. Jim Morrison. You got your Thanks. holiday shopping done yet, Neil? For what holiday? <laughs> Christmas. Christmas. Half of shoppers will begin their holiday shopping by Halloween this year. That's according to a new bank rate report. They found as many as 64% of shoppers are kicking off the season in October. That's up from 53% last year. Uh, more shoppers get an early start on the season. Holiday retail sales likely to increase uh, between 3.5 and 4.6 percent, according to the uh, folks that did the survey. Well, look who's stopped by to see us, Neil. He did. He did. We. Uh, what did I, you do now, Neil? That you got the sheriff coming? I by. hear that the sheriff's car broke down. <laughs> well, it actually was uh, kind of routine maintenance that I okay. was supposed to go in for yesterday, and then. Took a little longer this morning, so I decided to walk over. Well, good. Yeah. Well, good. I'm glad you came. We got about 15 minutes here. We'll be able to check yeah. in. Gordon Ramsay, our sheriff. How are things? Uh, how's everything going? Is it, uh, I, there's something I wanted to talk to you about, and I, I saw now. This was national news. Target stores in six major metropolitan areas in the country are shutting down their stores because of crime, theft, and violence towards employees. Uh, I hear that there's been some snatch and grabs in the Duluth area. Yeah. Uh, I, what's what's shaking on that? Well, I think this is a nationwide trend, and I believe it goes hand-in-hand hand with what happened during COVID and some of the opinions on crime in the country where punishment has been lessened. Yep. Um, the accountability uh, in some areas is missing, and uh, I think that's part of the problem. I hear that some of the major retailers, in fact, uh, People have told me locally, I won't mention names, that uh, employees have been told not to even mess with somebody that's uh, shoplifting or taking bags of stuff out and just let them go. 
there's some stores that have had that forever. You know, I got my start in policing um, through doing loss prevention at some different department stores. I love the job, by the way. Sure. And um, so, but it is a significant problem, you know, and we all pay a lot more because of thefts. And, but it's part of a bigger trend that I think is going on where there's just little less accountability in the criminal justice system. And that has me concerned. How do we get around that? I mean, the politician, uh, it was kind of interesting. I believe one of the leaders in the Minnesota state legislature who was a big defund the police person. Apparently uh, she got carjacked. I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden, all yeah. of a sudden the, the tune starts changing. Uh, well, I bit. would hope. I, it, it is bizarre, you know. It's and I know I know where the minority community at times is coming from, but if you're if you're committing a crime and it's a violent crime or whatever, and there's no accountability, it doesn't matter if you're white, black, green, yellow, or whatever, you're committing a crime, and you're stealing something and you're infringing on somebody else's rights, and the violence that comes along with this sort of stuff. Uh, uh, I know that some people that in stores that have tried to stop. Uh, perpetrators have been killed in the country in doing that. Yeah, I, I think everybody is well-intended in some of the changes. But as time goes on with uh, the impact of you know lessening the accountability for offenses, I think we're seeing some of the outcomes. And um, everybody wants fairness in the system, and I think that's at the heart of it. But they're also, you can't forget about the accountability. And when the rewards outweigh the risks... Mm-hmm. that's when you see these problems start to arise. And we see it right now. We're seeing it with drug crimes. So we have, you know, we have a significant issue with fentanyl and overdoses, but yet there's a disconnect on this, uh, you know, where people believe that, well, you know, uh, drug crimes, the severity of the charges needs to go down. And, for instance, we had a, a prolific drug dealer just got off of parole at the end of August for first-degree sale, which is the most serious uh, crime for selling drugs. And we got him two weeks later selling drugs again. Yeah. Uh, not only that, but he uh, strangled his girlfriend, so a felony charge there. And he got out on $25,000 bail, which you need 10%. So he gets out on $2,500 yeah. yeah. uh, bail. And so the message, what, what do you think the message is? It's not being taken seriously. No. And, you know, these are conversations we have to have. And... Right now, the drug issues are impacting our communities, the northeastern part of the state, significantly. So how does this, uh, how how do politicians get serious on this? Is it going to have to take politicians' kids dying of overdoses to finally get the light turning on in their head? Uh, maybe even that doesn't happen. I, I don't know. When, when you look at the, the war on drugs has been going on since the Nixon administration, and it's only gotten worse. Yeah, well, I think what you need to look at, though, is, you know, right now for, for users, they don't get anything, right? I mean, we're focused on the those that are selling and pushing drugs. Yeah. And that's where I think the, you know, the significant uh, jail time needs to go. And we've done good with recognizing, hey, people need help um, that are uh, abusing drugs. But part of it, one of the reasons why we have drug abuse is the availability and the cost, and the more available it is, and the cheaper it is, the more people use. And any addiction counselor will tell you that that's a couple of major variables in the use in a community. So we want to, you know, lower the availability and increase the risk, uh, increase the cost, and hold the dealers accountable that are 
causing these problems in our community. The the overdoses with the fentanyl, the illegal drugs that are coming in, I know they they were giddy about going after pharmaceutical companies on the legal drugs yeah. that were missed. But that's not what's killing the 100,000 people out there a year. It's the fentanyl that's coming across the border out of Mexico or wherever and being laced and all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, are people, uh, when you think about it, are people that stupid or unconcerned that they're just willing to take anything that somebody will sell them thinking it's okay? Here's a friend of mine that I was stationed with in the military. He mm-hmm. got into trouble out in Vegas, lived in Vegas, and the mm-hmm. judge said and he was selling drugs. And the judge said, kid, you either go in the service or you go to jail. And he went in the service. And he entered the medical field as a Navy corpsman with me. And he was really, he cleaned up his act, and he said, here's the deal. When I go to that drug dealer, I say, hey, I trust you with my life. Here's my money. Here's my life in your hands. And you're going to give me the good stuff, right? Mm-hmm. When I go to the pharmaceutical store, I know what's in that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's in that that the guy gives me. And it's only accentuated here with the fentanyl and all the deaths. Right. It, we're in a tough spot right here. There's very few families that are not impacted by yeah. this fentanyl. And it started with opiates. It's been interesting throughout my career. I remember working downtown in the 90s when we started to get calls, uh, 911 calls, where someone said, oh, my oxys were stolen. I'm like, what's oxys? Yeah. Well, prior to 93, they hardly... Uh, prescribed any opiates because it's so addictive. They only gave it to people in hospice. Right. But the desire for uh, to be pain-free in life drove this. And I had lots of, a lot of doctors that said, Gordon, my, my uh, performance appraisal is based on pain management. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it evolved into, uh, you know, more prescriptions and significant addiction. And now it's because we've We've kind of licked the issue with overprescribing. Now the cartels are making a fortune on, uh, you know, selling these drugs. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Sheriff Gordon Ramsay. Now, this is the KDAL Morning Show. A little java this morning because it's National Coffee Day. Ooh. Have you had your share yet this morning? I have not had a cup. Oh, in, boy. In fact, uh, <laughs> when I, we had lunch yesterday, and one of the one of the guys that uh, had just come back from Sweden, uh-huh. he had a couple of big uh, blocks of coffee that he gave to a, a couple of the guys there, and they were... This is Swedish coffee? Swedish coffee, and he said this stuff uh, was uh, definitely caffeinated, to say the least. <laughs> and it was interesting, he was... One of the interesting things he, he was talking about that they went to the, in the, uh, I, I can't remember the, the, the word for coffee, but it starts with an F over in uh, mm. Sweden. Anyway, um, but he was saying they were in a town over there and they, they wanted to get a sweatshirt and then a t-shirt with the name of the city on it, like we would here. Sure. They went to all these stores and it was done and they asked a clerk and the clerk looked at him and he said, why would you want that? <laughs> And they, it's like, they don't do that. Uh, it's kind of interesting. But back. Well, what are you drinking? I'm drinking, this is a um, uh, a powdered uh, 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 concoction of, of uh, fruits and vegetables. That's wow. an anti, it's an uh, antioxidant immune deal. I got it through my chiropractor and it's uh, good stuff and it's right. uh, really helped. So I do that and I, in lieu of coffee, I didn't have time to make coffee this morning, so I got that. So. Caffeine is still legal. Marijuana is. is now legal, too, oh, by the way. Uh, Sheriff, are you finding any issues with uh, legalization? Any people going uh, driving after they're a little on the buzz side? 
Well, you know, yesterday we had a fatal accident up on the range, and um, one of the drivers there was uh, marijuana inside the car. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he was under the influence or not. But, um, yeah, that is a concern, no doubt about it. They were they were certainly giddy down in the state legislature on the DFL side and passing all this. It was like it was the most hallowed deal that they've done in a long time. The high fives and the whole nine yards. That uh, I I and I know we've talked about this before. probably as a revenue booster. I would. Well, guess. I think that's one yeah. of the big factors. Right. The right. excitement about. But so far, taxes. I think there's only two stores that are open. Right. Yeah. So I don't know where everybody's buying it from. Yeah. Obviously, well, we do know where everybody yes, Obviously, it's not <laughs> right, the same place taxed. they bought it from before. <laughs> right, it's right. not being taxed at this point. Right. Yeah. So I know you've got concerns about that. And, uh, you know, people, I've argued with people whether or not marijuana is a gateway drug or not. And everybody that I know that ever got addicted to something, uh, either it was booze or marijuana, that uh, got them going. So. Yeah, you know, I'm my calibration's off on drugs because I always see the, what it does to families and yep. people. You know, I don't, I don't. People don't come up to me and say, I use recreational marijuana and I'm a successful businessman. I see we get called to their houses right. when, you know, things are falling apart. So, yeah. you know, my my viewpoints are skewed because of what I see. Yeah. Well, I know, and I, I've seen people that, uh, in fact, somebody uh, was in an office with a, a friend of mine and, and the guy said, hey, they're going to be legalizing marijuana. I've smoked it all my life and look at me. And this guy's a mess. <laughs> He's been a mess all his life. Okay. Yeah. And so it's it's whatever. It's 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 whatever it is. So is there any hope in this, Gordon? I know we're going to end up winding up here in a yeah. minute or so. Well, yeah, it's interesting times. And I think, you know, we continue to evolve and we look at, uh, you know, laws that work and laws that don't. And I think some of, the, some of them are becoming clear mm-hmm. that, you know, the – criminal justice system needs to have accountability. We can reduce crime when people are held accountable and given help and resources. Uh, and I think we may be a little too far uh, one way on a uh, little, little less on, a little more on accountability and, you know, ensuring that when someone's habitually committing crime that, you know, they, they go to jail. Our jail numbers right now are very low. Uh, we're, we've got 20, 30 beds and, you know, I I know there is some people out there that are victimizing uh, community members that really should be locked up uh, because they are uh, one-person crime sprees. Is this the lack of the will on the part of the political apparatus and the with the court systems? And the way I put it to the mayor, I had her in here, and she didn't have any solutions. And uh, and I know if I have her opponent on, I don't know if he's got. You know, in the day when law enforcement used to come in, once upon a time, they would not put up with the nonsense that we see on the streets today. Now it seems like everybody politically is afraid that maybe the Civil Liberties Union is going to sue us all because now we're infringing on the rights of the people that are destroying our rights. Yeah, well, so all this stuff has ebbed and flowed. You know, 50, 60 years ago, they put a lot of these ordinances in effect. Sleeping, camping, uh, you know, sitting on the, uh, on the sidewalks and panhandling. And these things come and go, and I think we see... Some of these changes that we've made are not good for business mm-hmm. and not good for our communities and need to be recalibrated. Yeah. So, on that note, uh, thanks, Gordon, mm-hmm. for being with us. Yeah, I appreciate nice it. Nice to see you guys. Yeah, Coming. thanks for honoring the folks that uh, step up, too. I noticed you had the big honors earlier yeah, this we week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, where you honored some of the folks that uh, is a 911 Lifesaver Awards, yeah. which is very important, I think, to honor those folks, too. Yeah. We talk right. a lot about negative things. Good right. things are happening all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. Good to hear. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Sheriff. Guys. We'll be back on Monday. Uh, Neil will be back as well. And we've got the fishing frenzy. That'll be coming up right after news here on KDAO.